With more than 60 episodes in the game, KP and PR are still dropping gems. Secrets continues to bring you the hot fire that you have grown to expect. Listeners describe Secrets as the ultimate receipt for motivating the underrepresented employee to be bold in achieving their career aspirations in corporate America. And season four will definitely not disappoint as they deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to get your market value. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, put in that work to reach the top of corporate America. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance in your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season four. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Secrets. KP, my brother, what is on your mind? What's going on, PR today? I'm doing pretty good today. How about yourself? Hey, can't complain. Good. You know what? I was reflecting back on last season. You remember when we did that episode on thought leadership? <laughs> yeah. we, that episode when we got everybody mad. Ooh, we. <laughs> it was episode 46, and it was the shortest episode we have ever recorded, and we caught some shit for that. They said, don't y'all ever <laughs> record some sort of shit like that again. I remember, man. And look, we were trying to be really succinct with the messaging. Yes. And we thought people would appreciate us getting to the point, you know, soon, right? Because it's nothing like being in church and then the reverend just keep on going. Keep going. And keep on going. You're like, man, we could have, we could have talked about this message 20, 30 minutes ago, right? right? Mm -hmm. So we was trying to like be be cool. Be cool. You know, that day, right? right? And KP, at the end of the day, in fact, it came up at our very first virtual sure happy did. hour. We got called to the <laughs> we got called to the mat. Wait, we came in peace and somebody had came with something like, hey, I got something to say. Right. Somebody <laughs> had something to say during the virtual happy hour. When we asked people, you know, about topics that they wanted to hear more about, it was overwhelming where people said that they would love to hear more about thought leadership. Like, what the heck is that? So today is your lucky day. Yeah. We're going to give it to you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so Secrets Family, we're going to bring the 2.0 version of thought leadership to you today, and we're going to bring this concept to light for you. We're going to break it down for you in extremely consumable chunks, right? Long chunks. (laughs) Yeah, because we know that we can all be better thought leaders when it comes to subjects or issues that we have a passion or a certain level of expertise about. Absolutely. You know, we gave you the freshman level course in episode 46. That was the, that was the goal. So now we're just going to take it to the next level. You know, it ain't going to be the master class yet. <laughs> right. But at least you're going to get a little bit more. Exactly. So we're going to give you some, some, some things that you can put in play here. But with today's episode, we hope to remove any apprehensions or roadblocks to keep you from establishing your voice as a thought leader. I get it. Look, I'm not the most active Facebook friend or Twitter friend or Instagram friend right. or whatnot, but we're going to try to remove some of that apprehension. So just with the sheer number of issues that arise today with respect to whether it be social justice, gender, pay equity, and overall disparities, right? It's enough stuff it's, in that it, list. There's a lot to talk about in there. <laughs> to keep you engaged, right? While these issues are low-hanging fruit with the frequency in which they occur, there are so many other topics out there so many other topics that arise that we know 
that you all have an opinion on, and many of you within our village are subject matter experts on these things as well. Oh, absolutely. You, you're living the life. And y'all, I, we know after talking to some people that y'all have some very niche, distinct things mm-hmm. that y'all are involved with and that you do in your daily lives that, that could be interesting for a lot of people. And so in today's episode, we'll recap some of the key things from our first episode on thought leadership. We'll expand on that and, and talk about what thought leadership looks like further. We'll provide more receipts on the benefits of being a thought leader. And we'll close out with four secrets today on how to put thought leadership into action. So now, look, let's just do a bit of a recap, you know, if we can, from the prior episodes on thought leadership. But this time, we're going to kind of double click on it just a little bit here, right? But a thought leader is someone who is considered an authority within an industry or a particular field. Yep, a subject matter. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, an SME, okay? The opinions and advice of thought leaders are sought after and often recognized within an industry or a specific topic or globally. Yeah. Okay. Take a look at some uh, of the topics that we've discussed in previous episodes and seasons, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, this is, this will just give you a glimpse into what we're talking about here. We've chosen to get the premier authorities within those fields to speak about, you know, on particular issues, issues, like whether it be like, Amber Cabral, Mm -hmm. you know, Anton, you know, Vincent, Mm -hmm. uh, Teresa Robinson, D. John Jackson, Brooke Story. I mean, the list goes on. The list goes on and on. Yep, yep. And that's why we brought them on the show, because they got things to talk about, and they got a lot of people listening to them Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And as we, to remind you also, this ain't easy. Being a thought leader ain't easy. It does take work. It requires both specialized knowledge and experience on a particular subject. It also requires a commitment to consistently create content and a willingness to go against the status quo, (laughs) right? To buck the tide a little bit. And bucking the status quo can be the most difficult part for underrepresented employees and becoming thought leaders, right? Because, hey, at the end of the day, there's haters out there who are going to try and challenge your intelligence, your street cred. Even your sources of information, which is why we bring the receipts at the end of the day. So it does require courage and resilience as well. But, you know, when you're doing it right, it will cause some individuals to respond negatively to the chat chain. Yep. You know, we know someone will attempt to hijack your message and take it to a place you never intended. Yeah. I mean, look, i.e. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, that's a perfect example, right? (laughs) Brother, he didn't even say nothing. Right, All right. he did was kneel on the ground and people just vilified. hijacked that and took that to a whole nother level. Just vilified. He's talking about one thing and they created another message. A whole nother it, right? narrative. I mean, the other thing is like Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, people think we're talking like the only Black Lives Matter. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> like, no, that's no, that not ain't what, what the it messaging is. is. And ever since, ever since the organization was formed, they've been trying to find a scandal. It's a scandal in search of a story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The whole time. It's about the house. It's about this. It's about the money. It's about all these things as opposed to what the movement is about. Yeah. I mean, I think even like when you think about like critical race theory. Yeah, all I, that mess I mean, right now. Again, we're talking about education. Right. We're talking about if you're going to get educated on something, learn. Learn the true history, right? You know of it, right? But now all of a sudden we're talking about talking about the history makes somebody else feel bad. Mm-hmm. You know that ain't really the history that we want you to know. We want you to think that that taking over like you know the Indians' territory and you know right. the Native Americans' territory was was peaceful. 
Right. <laughs> you know, it was well intended. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but but again, we're talking about messages getting hijacked. Absolutely. You got these fools in Florida. They didn't ban 41 percent of the math books. Talk about they teaching critical race theory. Two plus two. <laughs> <laughs> but the way you're talking about it, Keith, make me think about some right. racial things. Oh, because know? because they mentioned that some black person came up with an algorithm or a theorem so now that's critical race theory mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no we don't want up. that Y'all we don't want that up. that's right and even lgbtq messaging and oh, how that's God. all been hijacked now yeah. right it's mm-hmm. just like come on we just got to stop all this stuff but this is the stuff that happens when you're out pushing the envelope because in all of these situations somebody had a theory a thought took an action whatever mm-hmm. the case may be that's kind of outside the status quo and trying to push the conversation forward and people like, uh-uh, we ain't ready for that shit. Yeah. I mean, look, even if you look at it on the other side, I mean, when people are talking about all lives matter, blue lives matter, or are we even talking about making America great again? I mm-hmm. mean, like everybody deserves to have their opinion right. and everybody deserves to be able to find your voice, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, sure right? And, and it's not up to me. To hijack your messaging and to call it something else. Right. <laughs> you know? But look, we also shared four secrets on how to start your thought leadership journey, right? Like mm-hmm. we did this in the pe- in previous season, season when yeah. we when we talked about thought leadership, right? And, and those four secrets were find your passion, mm-hmm. build your content library, build your village, keep pushing the envelope, right? Yeah. This is what we're talking about right here. These four secrets are still just as important today as they were when we mentioned them in episode 46, yep. Yep. okay? You have to have a passion for the subject matter that you would like to lend your voice to, okay? That's extremely important. And the content that you will build by way of blogs, speaking engagements, or just posts, now becomes like your content. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the jewel. Yeah, that's, the jewel. that's it. Because they remember, what did you say the last time, you mm-hmm. know, on this? As individuals hear your thoughts, like as mm-hmm. I hear what I'm saying, yep. comments on your thoughts and all of that stuff, it becomes part of your network, yep. you know, and then becomes part of your village, mm-hmm. right? Like as these things happen. Lastly, pushing the envelope means not having fear when it comes to expressing your thoughts, no matter how popular or unpopular they may be. Yeah. And this we've learned that voice. lesson. Oh, yeah. We have yeah. learned that lesson. Stone Cold Hero Seekers. We get notes all the time like, y'all ain't playing, are y'all, y- y'all just be saying any old thing. Yeah. Or, or people who just <laughs> flat out disagree. Yeah. They flat out disagree. And, and okay. they, hey, this is part of the discussion. This is part of being a thought leader is you're drumming up opinions on both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. And that last, that last one, right, is keep pushing the envelope. That's probably one of the toughest ones because being a thought leader means that you're sticking your neck out a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's how you're going to keep the conversation moving. That's how you're going to keep pushing the norms. That's how you're going to keep things progressing at the end of the day. But that bravery and confidence and transparency that you're lending to the conversation is what will separate you from the pack at the end of the day because people will remember you. No, they, they absolutely will. And I think this is one of those things where when it comes to you know looking at the impact you know that you make. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can absolutely see it when you become a thought leader. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can feel it. <laughs> Things can, start yeah. to change. Absolutely. When you hear the people that you're mentoring or sponsoring that come up with, 
some of the thoughts or they build upon something that you all talked about mm-hmm. or something that spawned within those conversations. That's right. And they keep reaching out, reaching yeah. out and say, hey, keep it up. Or what about this? And, you know, just keep bringing stuff to the table because that helps make you better, too, as a thought leader, because this idea is coming to you now yeah. for you to push them forward. Right? But you know what, Keith? Look, we're over here talking about, you know, some of the thought, you know, leadership stuff here and talking about what we did in season two, episode 46. Let's talk about a, a little, if we can, on what thought leadership actually looks like. Yeah. Okay. Because I want to make sure that we break this down. Yeah. You yeah. Know, spend time, a little right? time in it today. Right. Right. So let's spend just a little time talking about how you and I are building out the like secrets. Yeah. You know, and creating a space for us to be thought leaders. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah. again, we have to. We take some things for granted. You know, I, yeah. I absolutely get it. But people want to hear what we have to say. They do right? now. They, hey. <laughs> they, they may and, not have forget it. And when people say, ah, you know what? And, and I'm saying people in general because we got- You're not to, saying they. No, I ain't saying they. <laughs> I'm saying in general because it's, it's 20,000 people out there who really want to know what we have to say. And that's growing, you know, by the day. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, when I think about, you, we didn't set out. To become thought leaders when we launch secrets. Not at all. That, that wasn't, wasn't a plan. That, that wasn't, wasn't a plan. That wasn't a plan. That wasn't a plan. That wasn't a plan. man, we got to get some followers, right? We right. got to get, <laughs> you know, right. this, that, that. wasn't even it. We weren't trying, we weren't striving for attention, you know, so to speak, right? We really just wanted to get our message out at scale. Yeah. You just know? help some people. I mean, out of the hundred people that we're able to touch just individually, mm-hmm. like, man, what if we could touch a thousand? 10x, What if we could get, you know, 10,000 people? Like, that's really, you know, what it amounted, you know, to for us. So, again, I think about over time, we became much more intentional and sharper with our messaging and our brand. We were actually a little nervous when we first launched Secrets as we knew we were hitting on some taboo topics, yeah, right? We yeah. was like, don't talk about family business that's out right. there in and the we, public. That's right. And we, and we talk about the man too a little yeah, bit too, we talk right? about all of it. So in our original design, we were much more, you know, I'm having the rabbit quotes up here, corporate and PC, like in our approach. We that's were, a, that's, yep. that's kind of what we when were, we started, right? yep. Then George Floyd was murdered. Then Breonna Taylor was murdered. Then Ahmaud Arbery was murdered. And then all of these stories about microaggressions in corporate America and corporate leaders asking us, I mean, literally you and I, Mm -hmm. you know, about how to educate our peers on how to be more inclusive leaders. Mm -hmm. Are you getting the point, right? Like this wasn't really what we set out to do. That's right. (laughs) But it started kind of happening. It sure did. And all of that stuff just kind of changed it for us at the end of the day. It was like, okay. Yeah. We just yeah. had to blow the shit up. Exactly. Like the situation <laughs> changed. Pressure just changed. You know, like all of this boiling started, this internal boiling started happening. And to your point, we blew it up and and we wanted to tell stories of the underrepresented and the marginalized employee in a raw, unfiltered, authentic way. Yeah. Our use of social media, blogging, like all like the whole we wanted to build an infrastructure and be deliberate, like in a yeah. very intentional way, yeah. you know. Uh, so when you start looking at the blogs, like I was saying, the social media, the podcast, and the happy hour, anything, like all of those were basically tactics we were using to increase our thought leadership. Yeah, right? yeah because we realized it, it started to get sticky. Yeah. After about 20 episodes, you could just see it, right? And it was like, okay, 
We need to like really get on wait, to wait, this wait, now. Wait. Say more. Say more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, people was like, you know, when you start talking to somebody, and they start shaking their hand. You can see them getting like pumped up inside. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Say it. Keep yeah, on, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. show did. Show did. Mm hmm. You start to get in the mm hmm. Amen. And and we can see the impact in the metrics, you know, that we track, right? Our favorite is the 20,000 unique listeners we've obtained since we launched Secrets in August 2020. Yeah, it's just amazing. We're not even two years in the game. Not even two years in the we game. Got 20,000. That's right. We we didn't think our content was that good to attract <laughs> that many people. We we're like, this is going to be a little dry talking about <laughs> work and place shit all exactly, the time. Like, exactly. You know, hey, we, 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 we tracked it enough. And thinking about our journey over the past 18 months is just, it really is amazing to reflect on because... We're just like, hey, let's try and get five thousand. If we get five thousand, we good. Yeah, yeah. We, we, go we was like, that. man, if we can get two seasons, we was talking that's like, right. we, we get fifty episodes. Man, that's how we was talking about. That's we can get forty, fifty episodes. We be cool. You we know? be cool. This was like, this was like me saying, what I just wanted to make fifty thousand dollars a year and retire. Yes, that was your gig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God you blew past that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would have never met. <laughs> <laughs> I think it keeps being all elitist and shit, but I, but y'all know y'all hear me, y'all hear me. Hey, if, if you understand what I'm talking about, you in your car right now, you listen just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> damn kid, bougie ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ricky, I wanted to share just kind of another personal example on thought leadership, and you know we OGs, so we yeah. we were kicking it well before there was social media and all this other stuff. We had to grind it the hard way to be a thought leader. And I unexpectedly became a voice in the LGBTQ plus equality movement, just kind of stumbled in it, right? I literally joined the board of our local Glisten chapter in Rochester as a result of Kodak becoming a donor. And it totally changed my trajectory mm-hmm. uh, in, in my life as, as it relates to social justice movements. And I'm not trying to brag anything, but just give me a second to talk about this and thought leadership and how flex, it relates. He's right. saying he trying to brag, but he about to flex. That's right. <laughs> And pulled up his shirt sleeves. Chest out. He's chest out right now. But go but go ahead, Keith. I digress. Woo's. So I joined. I joined the Glisten Rochester board and became chair after a couple of years, right? And we formed a community coalition to push the school board to adopt LGBTQ plus inclusive policies within the school district. Mm-hmm. And we only were asking for three things. Now these things seem like no brainers. Yeah, yeah. Back then, it was like revolutionary. <laughs> it was like damn Black Panther <laughs> shit, yeah, right? Yeah, it was being televised. <laughs> That's it was right. Being televised. So we just asked for sexual orientation and gender identity to be included in their non discrimination policy. Mm-hmm. We asked for them to allow students to be able to form GSAs and safe places in schools for LGBTQ kids to meet. And we asked for mandatory training for all district personnel on supporting LGBT youth. Make sure everybody had training. Man, right? this sounds like you, you sounds like you're trying to get blood from people. <laughs> <laughs> Back then you think yeah. they're taking their firstborn. Exactly. As heated as it was. We had to show up meeting after meeting after school board meeting. We did this for three years. Mm. Month after month after month. We showed up at school board meetings. We wrote articles went to the media to push to get these three things through, right? Mm-hmm. And finally, after about three years, we got it all through. But in that process and how this relates to thought leadership is because I was kind of leading, I was the 
one of the mm-hmm. voices out there, I was called on then to join like all these boards, be on all these commissions. I was asked to give speeches and be on panels. You know, I received a lot of awards from local and statewide organizations for the work. And just all of that exposure just put me out there unexpectedly because all yeah. I was just trying to do is get these three things changed. It wasn't like I was trying to shine a light on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as a result of that work, people started to look to me as being a thought leader in this area of making uh, schools inclusive. And that one little fight has followed me throughout my entire adult life ever since, you know, even 20 years later, as I'm frequently called on for board roles, speaking engagements, mentorship, all kinds of things, just because of that advocacy and that passion that you talked about and we talked about in in episode 46, right? Yeah. And and it's like, as much as you prepare, Mm -hmm. you know, for it, it's not like uh, at 1158 a.m., I'm going to be ready. Right. Okay. <laughs> On March the 16th, you know, at 1158, whatever, my time is going to come. Like, you don't no, know what's going to come. Don't know. But I think that the most critical piece that you're talking about is what I heard is you were put into a situation that you were passionate about. Yep. Okay. And you leaned in. Leaned in. And the rewards came. They came after, after you that. Leaned in, after you know? that. So it's look, still coming. Yeah, no, I get it. And look, KP, I love that old school and grassroots model around thought leadership. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that is like you can't get good if you don't do the work. That's right. You know what I mean? You, you can't just come in there and be like, okay, wh- when is recess? That's right. You know, when is break? Right. Like you got to do some work You got to do some work. You got to be <laughs> persistent and patient. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a great example of the grind that is necessary to bring a voice to a passionate, you know, issue. Now we all know what the last few years have looked like for us, you know, with the conversations that have taken place and continue to occur, you know, with respect to race, gender, and just overall diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah, it's everywhere. I mean, you can't escape it, right? Because unfortunately, I think people are approaching some of these subjects like it's the flavor of the month. We mm-hmm. can talk about it. Right. And look, we, we didn't talk about this all season when we started talking about performative acts, mm-hmm. you know, and whatnot. Our interaction and engagement in internal and external panel discussions led to building trust within the industry and receiving opportunities to facilitate, whether it be corporate trainings, yep. executive coaching, keynote messaging, news, media, and publication involvement. Like, people want to know, like, at the end of the day... They're curious now. They, hey, hey, what what y'all think? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what would Keith say? You exactly. know what I'm saying? What would Ricky do in this situation? But that comes from the foundation that was set, basically, what you were talking about, mm-hmm. okay? And then being consistent, being you consistent. know, with, 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 with your viewpoint, but then people wanting to hear more from you. Absolutely. And that's exactly right. And, you know, we found our niche. Yep. We didn't know. I mean, we started with this idea of what would be the niche around underrepresented employees. And, you know, our mission was to ensure that we were able to expose the disparities when it came to underrepresented and underestimated and disenfranchised people. And what they face in corporate America, that's the receipts that we were bringing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that was the concept, the niche. We didn't know if it was going to work or not, but it was enough. Mm-hmm. It was just enough, but also big enough that a lot of people could resonate with it, right? Yeah, it clicked with them. It was like, okay, I'm going through that shit too. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Right, right. Absolutely. This, you know, for Ricky and I, we knew that there were a few people that had gone through this because we were mentoring them and talking to them and coaching them. But the fact that there are so many. And, and the crazy part about it is like, so Keith has this individual mentee list, you know, of people that he supports. I have my individual list. And then we have a joint group of individuals that we connect with, right? And then we call upon our folks that we mentor to be mentors to mentees. Yes, right? like, yes. So like it so that it goes on. But as we're sharing stories, we're like, damn, you got somebody like that too? Mm-hmm. Damn, I got somebody like I mean it really just and therein lies that can't be a coincidence. Right. And all. then when we when we look up some of our stuff and we do our research and hey we want to give a shout out to uh, Harvard Business Review because oh, yeah. we know we'd be wearing their ass out, right? <laughs> but we start to figure out that there's more to those receipts than what just Keith and I. We're talking about two people. That's right. So when we tap into our village, how many other people are feeling that's right. that way? And those receipts, that's empirical evidence, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Because again, we, we talk about it a lot. Sometimes our stories seem like we may be bullshitting and other people's stories may seem like that. But then we got the evidence to back it up. Yeah, yeah. So it, this isn't like something we're making up. This isn't something that we're all emotional about. The research is there. It is, it is. And through that exposure and through the our experience and the stories that we've had and the experiences that others are sharing with, with us on the podcast, that's helped us develop these tools that the community can use to yeah. advocate for themselves in terms of changing the status quo. That's the secrets. Yeah. I mean, that's At it. the end of the day. Look, look y'all, Secrets is the receipts. It's our stories sharing, yes. you know, what we've gone through. Okay. Sharing what we know mm-hmm. is know to be true. Okay. Yep. Talking about the receipts that back up the fact that we know we're not crazy. Right. Okay. And then we give you some secrets to make sure that you don't stay crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Or that you don't That's cross right. over that threshold mm-hmm. to be able to deal with the shit. That's right. Okay. One plus one equals three. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what they want you to believe, yeah, right? Yeah. But look, Keith, the impact of this, man, we keep we're talking about the start leadership piece here and kind of double uh click on it a little bit. But the impact is is we have been conditioned, conditioned to believe that our thoughts, our voices, and our knowledge don't even matter. Yeah. Okay. When it comes to issues that directly impact us, yeah, even when it you comes got to that, you right? got people who don't live in our neighborhoods, didn't grow up like us, making decisions for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. When we're talking about issues that directly impact like our communities, issues that directly impact our overall generational wealth. Yes. And therefore, we just don't speak up. Yeah. We're that's, scared. That's, that's the impact, we're man. We, just, we don't speak up. And we, when we don't speak up, we're talking about issues that impact us. Yes. And everything around us. And everything around us. But it's that conditioning yes. that you're not supposed to speak up and advocate for yeah. yourself at the end of the day. And as I think about this, if we continue to be silent about these issues, the suffering, the injustices, the disparities, the inequities, they will just continue to perpetuate themselves yeah. over and over uh, and over again. Uh, God, I mean, this is like sickening, yes. you know, at the end of the day of like if this, I mean, but this is part of the game, right? Like part to of the game. get you to be dis, you know, like disenchanted with things, mm-hmm. get you to like fight amongst yourselves right. and everything else, but you're not working on the solution. Absolutely. And that's why we had to speak up 
louder and stronger after that summer of reckoning. Don't fall for the banana in That's the right. tail. Because we were about to. Because we were about <laughs> yeah. to tone it down. Yeah. yeah we really were. the whole thing. And then it was just like, nah, we can't do that. But you know, look, Keith, you, we, we've been sitting here pretty talking about our point of view, talking about thought leadership, doing all of these things, right? But again, this is what we talked about. And we've been, you know, giving everybody like what we know to be true. Mm-hmm. Let's back it up with some of these receipts, okay? And today we're going to summarize receipts for you in terms of what we want to be able to share some receipts on the benefits of being a thought leader, okay? So we're going to just go into this today and talk. Now, because in your mind, you know you're saying to yourself, I know I need to be one, Yeah, but I just take care of that later, okay? So Keith, hit us up with receipt number one. Yeah, so receipt number one, according to an article in the New York Times, 54% of decision makers and 48% of C-suite leaders say that they spend more than one hour per week reading and reviewing thought leaders, In fact, 52% are using thought leadership to understand best practices. So the people at the top who are making all these calls, they're spending a little bit of time to figure out whose voices are out there that are really pushing the envelope, who are like setting trends, Mm -hmm. who, who are doing things that are a little bit different so I can get on top of it and figure out how to make some money off of it at the end of the day. Like I'm trying to tell you if it's the old adage, if you like my dad used to say, man, if you want to be rich, you're gonna have to first off, you have to get off your ass. Yes. Okay. The second thing he would say is you gotta do what other people aren't willing to do. If you hanging mm-hmm. out with non-broke friends, you're gonna be the tenth. Yes. Okay, like yes. how you gonna do something different? So basically what we're saying is there are kids out there or people out there at whatever age studying what LeBron James is doing every day, studying what it, whether you like people or not, okay, right. but they're studying they're what the successful person was doing, what Elon Musk is doing, right? Yep. What, you know, Kendrick Lamar or whoever it is is doing. Like, they're they're doing? all of these, Beyonce, what are they doing? What is Serena doing? Like, That's they're right. studying this and they're trying to figure out, okay, let me figure out how I can model my behaviors or my reactions or actions off of what they do. That's right. And you know how valuable your time is personally. You got C-suite people spending at least an hour a week following and checking up on people. And you won't spend 10, 15 minutes on this. You won't spend 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> and they checking a lot of people because another stat on this is that if if you haven't caught my eye within a minute, I'm moving on. So if they spend an hour, at least an hour, they didn't re- they didn't gone through about 60 or 70 thought leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Trying to figure out what's going on. Oh, my goodness. Look, Keith, receipt number two, man, that same article points out that 64% of respondents say challenging the way I think is an essential component of thought leadership content. And 70% said it's very important that thought leadership motivates the reader to take action. To your point, if I'm not motivated in the first few seconds, I'm moving on to next. Yeah, next, delete, you know, save whatever right. it is, right? So you you gotta really start thinking about what you respond to that's hot, mm-hmm. okay? And you gotta think about what you want people to respond to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> at the end of the day, and you think about our formula at Secrets. This is what we're you know we we try and elevate you know taboo topics. Yep. We try and push the envelope a little bit to try and get people to think a little different or see you know, a little clearer about what's really going on yeah. at the end of the day. And, and I would challenge, I mean, you know, people who've done our executive coaching, they already know that some of the questions that we ask is, 
how come you're not at the level where you want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, what has stopped you from getting there? And and I get it, the system is what the system is, but 90% of the time, it's the individual saying, I just haven't done it. Yeah. You know, I haven't been conditioned or I'm not comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, doing that. So part of what we do is try to get you to be comfortable and confident in challenging the status quo, right? right? Like when, like there's nothing more challenging than asking if you're in an interview and you say, do you have any intrepidation or any cause for pause in terms of moving me to the next level of the process or feeling like I can add value to the organization, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, or if you ask like uh, at, at the review time, you know, what all needs to be true mm-hmm. <laughs> to yep. make sure that I am in line for a promotion or the right pay increase at this time, right? I mean, you're calling people on the carpet, you yeah. know, on that, right? I you mean, sure again, it may make other people feel uncomfortable because you're asking the question, but you shouldn't feel guilty because you're asking the question. This is challenging the status quo. This is pushing the Absolutely. Outcome. And Ricky, you think about all the coaching sessions that we've had when we've giving people their receipts when we've told them what their value is in the marketplace or what they could be doing with the skill set that they have. Everybody, they they pissed yeah. or they started crying. Yeah, yeah. But they start acting. Yeah, it's, a, it's after that, like, that's one of them these motherfuckers moments, right? Because, right. like, when you hear it, you be like, these mother man. <laughs> I came, I knew, I knew I wasn't making enough or it's something that once they get past that initial shock to the system, whether that be with tears of anger, whether that be like somebody took advantage of me or whatever it is, everybody gets on code. Yes. Everybody gets on code and they start talking about, you know what? I need to speak up. That's right. And that's thought leadership. Receipt number three, our final receipt, a survey monkey study, which will bring this point home that we're just talking about. They did a study on thought leadership and found these five characteristics to be the most essential for thought leaders. 83% of respondents said thought leaders communicate effectively. 64% said that they challenge the way I think. 61% said they publish data to back up their position, Mm -hmm. aka receipts. 59% said thought leaders always say something new. And 53% said it was essential for thought leaders to have very strong opinions. So PR, I mean, if you think about it, (laughs) we may check the box on some of these. How do you think our report card looks, given some of that criteria? Yeah, I think this is why we went from thinking we was going to probably have maybe a thousand, you know, followers to having over Mm 20,000. Because, again, we're talking about things that people really want to talk about or we're giving people courage to say, "Mm mm-hmm. (laughs) Do <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think that's really what's happening here. So I think we checked the box and our report card would 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 show favorability. Yes. <laughs> you know, to these uh to this criteria, right? So look, so the secrets that we want to be able to share today, we want to be able to provide four secrets on how to put thought leadership into practice, into action. Mm-hmm. Number one, follow, like, comment and share content from other thought leaders, okay? Number two, create a consistent cadence of content, the three Cs. Mm -hmm. And number three is get speaking engagements, and we'll break that down and talk to you about what that looks like. And number four, just be patient, you know, patiently and intentionally build your message and your audience. 
So, Keith, talk about secret number one. Yeah, so secret number one, follow, like, comment, and share content from other thought leaders. This is absolutely the easiest step to take. It doesn't require a lot. It does require some time and commitment to mm-hmm. social media, but it doesn't require a lot, you know, right. at the end of the day. And we suggest LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram as good places for thought leadership conversations. This is where people show up on those three platforms at the end of the day. So just find people you like and simply follow them. And when they post, like as many of their posts as you can, that will at least get the social media algorithms to start noticing you at the end of the day to say, hey, Ricky's liking a lot of stuff. He's pretty active. I mean, because liking actually counts as activity. Yes. <laughs> That's as what engagement. we're talking about. Yeah, activity engagement. That's the part that we're talking about. I know it seems like you're doing some some social media stalking. Right. And you kind of are, okay? But, but just okay. like the shit. If you if it, somebody says something, you like it. Like it. The next level is to then comment mm-hmm. on as many of those things as you can that you ended up liking. And the comment can be, it should be just super simple and concise and just additive to the conversation, right? And at them when you comment on them. That's right. <laughs> so that way they can see it. They'll see it. And most likely the person will comment back at the end of the day. And that just starts to flow. Again, the algorithm's going to pick that up and take you to the next level of engagement. Right. And others will also start to notice you as well. They'll, they'll start to notice you as a person that's engaging and the content creator is going to mm-hmm. start noticing you too. And the algorithm is going to work and start to make those connections for you, too. So they're going to start popping your name up in different places and things like that. So and finally, share the content with your own network. Right. Share that stuff. That's where you create the longer narrative, you know, about the content that you're commenting on. So if you see something from Secrets that you like, like it, comment on it then share it with a longer comment about why you actually like what we're talking about. Yeah, and that's just that's just reposting. That's it. That's, that's just right. reposting. That's right. So it starts to position you as having a voice. And also, as you start to engage more on these social media sites, you start to get more access to capabilities. These social media sites are built, you know, they're tiered, right? So the more that you're engaging, the more access to different features that they're going to start to give you. So they're going to start to amplify your voice and give you access to things like LinkedIn Live or give you access to be able to create newsletters on Twitter or Instagram. So whatever the case may be, the more engaged you are, the more you're putting yourself out there, the more access you're going to get. Yeah, and, and look, p- people want to, test out their new products and I'm like, hey, these guys or these these uh, ladies have like a, a nice following. Let's see what they can do, mm-hmm. you know, with this. And let, let's let them be the test, you know, for us, the test subjects, you know, there. And what I'll say honestly is, you know, I think about some of the, the traction that we've had, like on some of our, you know, posts, whether it be we've had as low as, you know, 500 people, mm-hmm. you look at something to as many as 20,000, mm-hmm. you know, people look at something. But again, I think that comes into play with understanding the algorithm, yep. right? Understanding, you know, how you can amplify, you know, your voice. Look, secret number two is create a consistent cadence of content. I mean, we talked about this in episode 46, but content is really king. Yeah. <laughs> That's what matters. That's the goal. You know, what have you done for me lately? You know, you have to have content. It can be a blog, a podcast, writing articles, 
in industry communications, creating a newsletter, a weekly email, hosting webinars. I mean, whatever it is, the most critical piece is that you have a regular cadence, that people Mm -hmm. aren't looking for you. Yep. They're expecting you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be consistent so people know when to expect something from you. Yeah. Okay. As we mentioned earlier at Secrets, we have multiple layers. We post daily content on social media. We release a podcast episode every Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm -hmm. That's when it's going to go down. That's when it's going to go down. (laughs) You know, we send a weekly email every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, right? We post a blog every two weeks. Thank you, Janelle. We appreciate you, sister. Okay. All of these things help our audience know what and when to look for something from us. It requires dedication, and in our case, it requires a team, mm-hmm. a commitment, yep. okay, and accountability partners. Yes. Like all of that, yep. stuff all that stuff is important. We have Ray Dennis at One Media Marketing handling our social media and email campaigns. Again, we have Janelle Jack creating blog content and kicking out the show notes. And then if we needed to do like some voiceover or some music or whatever the case is, we got people that can like hook us up. You know, yes. uh, real quick, but I think the main thing is like that regular cadence. Yes, it takes commitment. Sometimes you get tired. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're like, I it won't matter. Yeah. All I'll say is that one time I always go we, back we, to that, that one time when <laughs> we did not put that episode out. Me and Keith said, Ah, it's okay. We can just do this shit next week. We got the most email. That we had ever gotten to that date, talking about what happened to secrets. So y'all still in business? Well, y- right. Yeah, yeah. That was that. Is everything cool? You know, just question marks. But again, we had started to train people mm-hmm. on like what our cadence would be, and then we didn't honor that cadence. That's right. And it showed up. So secret number three is get speaking engagements. Again, you have to be out in the universe so people get to see you and hear from you at the end of the day. So being a panelist is a great way to establish your street cred, right? So try to get on as many panels as you can. Like internally within your organization, sit on an ERG panel. Or if you're your HR team or your finance team, your marketing team, a lot of times y'all have, especially in sales and marketing, y'all have those quarterly or annual, you know, get togethers, mm-hmm. you know, sit on a panel to talk, talk about a topic or, or organize a workshop that puts you in the front of the room, actually teaching your colleagues about something. Get on an industry panel when those conferences and conventions come up, try and, you know, submit a proposal to be part of the conversation. So the more that you're out there speaking, the more people will then start to reach out to you and have you speak at other events. It just kind of creates this snowball effect at the end of the day. And pretty soon you move from being a panelist to becoming a panel moderator or even being asked to be a keynote speaker at different events. And so that continues to position you as being a thought leader. Yeah. And and, and again, I know everyone's trying to be modest and trying not to like oversaturate, you know, your voice and whatnot. I can't tell you how many times, man, Keith is like, oh, we're going to let somebody else do that. And people are like, no, we want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. If we can't get both of y'all, can we at least get one? Yes. That's right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I mean, but again, it's because you've put in the work to be a thought partner, mm-hmm. okay, a thought leader. People want to hear what you have to, you say. Have to say. Like they really want to hear what you have to say. And we haven't even gotten to the part. Maybe we'll do that in season five when we're talking about monetizing your thought leadership. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. But this is the test ground. And look, secret number four, we're talking about the patience 
you know, here in the intentionality, right? With building your message in your audience. Mm-hmm. With the same level of consistency that you spend when you comment, like, and post, like you need to be able to use that same intentionality when it comes to building your village, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, as well. Take the time to understand how many people are reading your posts. Okay, look at that. It you matters. Look at those metrics. Yep, look at that. How many people are liking or commenting on your posts? That's right. And what what they're actually commenting and liking? Yeah, yeah. What type of roles, industries, and interests do these individuals who are looking at you, like who are viewing your profiles and posts, like what do they do? What what yes. kind of industries do they even work in? Mm-hmm. Right, because. Again, there's going to be some type of connection there, right? Are they also subject matter experts in certain fields? Mm -hmm. Okay? Because, again, it's not by accident that you have X amount of hundred or X amount of thousand people looking at you. Right. Because, I mean, we get a lot of DEI people looking at our stuff all the time. A ton. Right? A ton. (laughs) A ton. And, And then, I mean, when you're thinking about, like, do your part, of like the actual engagement mm-hmm. with your new connections to be able to find that intersectionality because it can, it can, mm-hmm. okay, and it will lead to additional opportunities for you to further engage and to grow your audience. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's great that people are liking you, but DM them, direct yes. message them, yes. send, you know, email them, whatever it takes. Like just keep the connection going, right? Because you got to also do your part and respond to when when they post. That's right. You can't just be like, I like to receive, right. but I don't like to give. <laughs> That's right. You know what I'm saying? And here's some of the, the secret sauce. I mean, some people who've been guests on our podcast, we didn't know them necessarily before they got on the podcast. But y'all would think we'd been friends for 20 years, but mm-hmm. but we found points of connection, DM'd them, had some conversations, got to know each other a little bit, and, you know, get them on the podcast, and it takes off from there. That's part of the village. So when you hear people in our village, first off, we screen people appropriately, okay? <laughs> but but secondly, though, we spend the time with folks. Like, like with it's folks. Just, trying to just, build a relationship. Just because right. somebody's in a certain protected class or category or fraternity what's whatever we don't we don't just accept people into the village we want to make sure that these people have something to offer we want to make sure that we can add something to their village mm-hmm. you know as well and therein lies like the secret sauce yeah now ricky I think we may have met one of our metrics today by doubling the time that we spent on talking about this topic today. So hopefully everybody's satisfied. But you can also find more resources on the secrets that we talked about today and the receipts that we share by going to our website, secrets.com, and looking in those show notes. Yeah, you know, and Keith, I just want to give a shout out. And I know we do this every week, but, I, you know, this just would not be possible Without the listeners. Yes. Okay. So I just want to give a shout out to all of our fans out there. We have made all of this possible because of you. Yes. Okay. Yes. And our listenership is approaching 20,000 listeners. That's crazy. 20,000, right? So and it's global too. Oh, it really is. Global, it, it really is. So look, we just want you all just to continue helping your brothers out, you know, by just writing a review on Apple or Spotify, joining our LinkedIn group, right? Like our community of practice is important. And just commenting on all of our posts, you know, and, and you know, whether it's whatever favorite social media medium, That's you right. know, that you use, 
post or like comment on that. We and just we will, told you what to do. We will respond. You know, we will absolutely respond because comment, it, it is share. a blessing that we have this platform and we try to give everybody their flowers, right? Yes. And we want to make sure that we comment because without you, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. And also check out our merchandise. We get ready to put some new stuff out there. We got mm-hmm. uh, two, maybe three new hot designs we're getting ready to put out on the website. So go to the goods tab on our website and check out our latest gear because we are up in our game all the time. And Ricky and I are locked in. Locked in. I'm hoping you get that coin and get your seat at the table. So again, we're always happy to provide personal coaching services or training to your organization or being a speaker. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, wherever you'd like us to show out. So check out our website for more information. And if you like what we're doing or we've helped you in the past get some extra coin, consider donating to us via Patreon. Check out our secrets page on Patreon. And for those who do and become a patron, we're going to be doing something special for you at the end of season four. No, absolutely. And as we close this episode, we want to remind you that you ain't crazy. You're not crazy. <laughs> you are not crazy. We get it. At the end of the day, certain forces want you to mute yourself. Yes. They don't want you to become a thought partner. Not right? at all. Won't you have a thought at all? Yeah. And this is why we're trying to expose this stuff. It's not that hard, right? And thought leadership can be a way to gain some sanity it for is. you. It is. Okay. I tell people at work all the time that this is like therapy for me doing this <laughs> podcast, right? Because that way I'm not holding it all in. I can get it out. People say, man, how do you and KP do this and this, that, and the other? I was like, this ain't work. This ain't work. Yeah, this ain't work. I get to come over here and drink up all KP's liquor. You know? like, anyway, no. Nah, <laughs> he but on a, He'd be putting a hurting on that bottle. <laughs> yeah. But on a serious note, what I'm saying here is it's not work when we feel like we're doing something for the community, right? Sure. When we feel like we're adding value. So KP, one thought I, I have, though, is since you brought up drinks, okay, our cups are getting just a little low over here, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, he, he, he went to, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so y'all know where we're going with that. So we need to fill these bad boys back up to the rim, okay? Yeah, we do. So again, everybody, I just want to thank you all for listening to Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Take care, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another gem from KP and PR. In fact, one listener said that Secrets continues to share the inside story on how to truly accomplish your corporate ambitions, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, donate via Patreon, and sign up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.c-crets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when they share, you transform. Until next time, cheers!